Do you know what it will entice you to clean? If your house smells like a beach afterward and it doesn't smell like, you know, cleaning products. Well, enter Clorox. They can transform your space into a tropical getaway by upgrading your cleaning routine with coconut scented Clorox Sentiva. It smells like coconut. It cleans like Clorox and it feels like inspiration. With a refreshing scent that will leave your home clean and fresh, elevating any room into an oasis. Now you can express your style and get shiny clean, get Clorox Sentiva at a nearby retail store, also available in grapefruit or lavender scents. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Hi, everyone. This is Rachel Zoe with the Climbing in Heels podcast. We recently sat down with a few recipients of the Botox Cosmetic, Onobotulinum Toxin A, and iFund Women Grants at South by Southwest, thanks to Botox Cosmetic. Take a listen to our conversation. It's so good. What advice would you give to upcoming like female entrepreneurs or just already sort of established trying to survive still? I literally joke with my staff and, and we always are saying, oh, you want to be an entrepreneur? You want to be broke all the time and working 24-7? Ooh. Yeah, but so, look at you. Yeah, right? But I'm here. So the advice that I give is and I coined this, and I believe I said it on my TED Talk, that your passion follows you. You cannot follow your passion. So my advice is to let your passion follow you, get out of your own way, and never stop and never settle. This episode was brought to you by Botox Cosmetic. Learn more at BotoxCosmetic.com and talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, call 877 877- Three five one zero three zero zero, and follow the Climbing in Heels podcast on iHeartRadio or subscribe where you listen to your podcast. All right, ladies, let's be real. Who here actually enjoys shaving their legs? Yeah, absolutely no one. I know this. Get this, Nair. Yes, Nair, the OG, has leveled up. They've got these new sensational shower creams and body creams that smell absolutely amazing. I know this is not the smell that you're thinking of from the 90s when your mom first pulled this out for you. These smells will light up your bathroom, honestly. They'll make your shower experience better. It smells like a spa, actually. Oh, yeah. And how do you know this? Well, I just, I mean, Nair's in the household. So anytime Nair's used, it smells like a spa. You probably don't even know what it does. It takes hair away. <laughs> it works in as little as three minutes. You don't have to bother with nicks, cuts, shaves, and the smooth lasts so much longer than shaving. You're also not going to have to deal with any of those shave bumps or anything like that because the bumps are just as annoying as the nicks, right? Nair's new sensational shower and body creams are free of all the nasty chemicals like phthalates and sulfates. So you can feel good about what you're putting on your skin and you could have a little bit of a me time moment with Nair, the number one hair removal brand. Smell for yourself. And as Ben, Ben smelled for himself and he likes it. It's been approved. Try the reformulated Nair body and shower creams available at retailers nationwide and online. 
Ashley, is it true that some contestants have cashed in their 401k to afford a new wardrobe for The Bachelor? I mean, you do need a lot of ball gowns when you think about it, Ben. Where did you hear this? On Smart Money Happy Hour. It's a podcast where two money experts, Rachel Cruz and George Camel, talk totally unfiltered about life, pop culture, and how to afford it all with 90s nostalgia and reality TV fandom mixed in, of course. Ooh, you do not have to say more to get me into this. To check it out, you can search Smart Money Happy Hour and listen wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Ben and Ashley I Almost Famous Podcast with iHeartRadio. It is time for the Almost Famous Podcast. Yes, Ashley is still away, so I have two incredible co-hosts today. I mean, absolutely beautiful specimens of men. (laughs) Dean Ungler and Wells Adams. Hello. Hi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is going to be a fun day. Yeah. Uh, we are currently sitting in uh, in Wells's uh, hometown mm-hmm. for the AT and T uh, Celebrity Pro Am. Is that what they would call it? The AT and T Pro Am. Yeah. Yeah. And it used to be called the Clam Bake. Um, tell us the history. Okay, so a pro am is when you have professional golfers play with celebrities. Mm-hmm. Happens a bunch, um, but the biggest one is the one that happens here at Pebble Beach, and um, it originally was started by Bing Crosby in like the 30s. Bing Crosby was like a famous old actor, and he was a member at Cyprus uh, and would come up here from Los Angeles, and he wanted to do uh, a big golf tournament with all his famous friends. And the professionals, and so he coined this tournament, uh, Bing Crosby's Clam Bake, and then turned into the biggest like get mm-hmm. in Hollywood. Uh, if you got invited to play in Bing Crosby's thing, it was a big deal. And it's who carried, is Bing Crosby? Uh, he's a famous old actor, uh, singer, dancer, heartthrob. He's like you. Um, but from like the 30s and can sing okay but why and so he was like he was a big deal like why would anyone care to play with Bing Crosby you know like why did this then become the pro-am because like who the heck cares about playing with one guy anyways no he would invite all his famous friends oh so like the who's who of Hollywood would come up to play yes it's probably similar to you know last week and I've talked about the podcast a lot but you know Wells and I played in Orlando and the reason that you would travel so far to go play in it is because for a couple of reasons. One, it's a good time. Two, you want to see how you compare to your friends. Mm. It's kind of like you get some competition going. Yeah. And then the party's a big deal. Like this is yeah. supposed to be a big – so was there actually – like is there a clam bake? Is that a thing? No, that's a big joke is that he never actually had a dinner where they baked clams. But uh, – so the original one was Pebble Beach uh, and Cypress and Spyglass. Uh, Cyprus is like a famous private golf course. They no longer use Cyprus in the AT&T Pro-Am. They now use MPCC, which is where we are right now. Um, anyways, it was such a big deal that Hollywood elites all wanted to be in this tournament that they would do crazy things. They'd find out where Bing Crosby's house was. He was, was a great golfer. Yeah. He won. Um, he won the club championship at Lakeside. He was a member over at Lakeside up in Los Angeles. Um, he's like scratch golfer. People would get get skywriters and write over his house. <laughs> oh I want to be invited to the clam. It was a huge, huge thing. That's funny. So much so that a month before 
of the tournament, he would go down to Mexico and not tell anyone his address because he didn't want to be bothered because everyone was trying to get in the tournament. Hmm. So hey. in the 30s, though, mm-hmm. I mean, how would they – like that's a long drive for a car in the 1930s from L.A. to – No, I mean, still it's like a six-hour drive. Do they have highways in the 30s? <laughs> yeah. Was there like was there traffic laws in the 30s? Yeah, but we're not like crazy here. Like the first car was like what 1907, like the the first production car, the yeah. Model T. Yeah, I would say yeah, late 1800s, early 1900s. So like we're still early on here, man. That's a long trip. That's a big deal. Yeah, but anyways, it was listen, and he did it for years. Like he did the clam bake for a long time. Yeah, uh, and then uh, now it's the AT and T. It got corporate and everything. And but like Kevin Costner's here, Andy Garcia's here, uh, Condoleezza Rice, yeah. Darius Rucker, Bill Murray, Jim Knauss. Oh wait, we're talking celebrities. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's still a big thing. It's hard hard to get into. I grew up here, and I used to work it as a child, and I would love to play it one day. And um, not that celebrity. I got to do some more t- television shows. If you're the yeah. casting director for the celebrities, if you're and you're listening, Wells Adams would uh, love to join. Oh, Let's his see. name is Steve Johns. Yeah, uh, Steve, if you're listening, I would, would love to uh, play. So would Ben. Yeah, let well, So would I. Come on, if Steve's really listening, I want my name <laughs> to be thrown into the ring as well, please. So we've been able to play some golf this week. We've been able to hang out together. We had a great dinner last night. Um, Amy Sugarman's brother took us to his golf course, the Preserve. Today we played. The golf course that Wells Adams worked at growing up as a child, uh, yep. Carmel Valley Ranch. I was a range boy and a bag boy there, and uh, I probably played that golf course 10,000 times, and Ben beat me today. Mm. And I got lucky. but Shot 76, man. That's pretty good. Uh, listen. Four birdies. That I, I can't be upset losing to a guy who shot six over. No, no, no. Or five over. Five over. Five six? Over, yeah. Six well, over. Sounds better. You know what was interesting about today, too? We played with uh, two of your high school buddies. Um, one of them's name is Alex. And Alex told me something on the range uh, that he was a part of the very first radio show you ever did. Is that true? Did I get that right? Yeah. So he went to a high school called uh, Robert Louis Stevenson, which is in Pebble Beach. And it's a very nice school. And they had a radio program there. And I didn't go to the high school, but I was friends with Alex. And... Uh, he was doing a show and I asked if I could be come do it and the, my my first like radio uh, entertainment industry con was convincing a school that I didn't go to to allow me to have my own radio show uh, on, at their school and that's how I that's how I started in radio and that's why I went to school for it because I was like this is awesome so I ended up going to college for broadcast journalism and doing radio in college and that's how it started was because Alex Brandt had a show. Yeah, we got to play with him today. Yeah. Speaking of shows, Dean, your show, is, is Jared still co-hosting it right now or is he taking time off? Yeah, if you're still listening to this episode of Almost Famous, yeah. go ahead and cut it short and flip over to Help I Suck at Dating because <laughs> I'll tell you what, it's going to be worth your time. Uh, yeah, Jared just had a baby a couple days ago. That's great. Uh, he's still co-hosting with us. Caitlin actually co-hosted the last episode with us and uh, we were a couple drinks deep and I'm sure... She kept like nudging me. She was like, shut up, like stop, stop, stop. And every time she said stop, I was like, oh, I'm just going to go even more into what I'm doing right now. Why? Oh, just because I was being ridiculous, oh. as I always am. Um, but yeah, check it out. Help I suck at dating. Thanks, Ben. Appreciate the plug. Are you enjoying doing it? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's probably the highlight of my week every single week when I log into my Zoom call and 
get to see Danielle and Amy. Uh, well, they used to be there, not there so much anymore. But uh, I don't even get the premise anymore. You're basically married, yeah, and Jared's married with a kid, yeah. So no one sucks at dating anymore. Oh well, if you listen to the last episode, I'll tell you what. There's very clear yeah. evidence of me sucking at dating. <laughs> There's a lot of moments where Caitlin was like, she was like writing things out on the notepad. She was like, stop talking about this. And I was like, okay, I'm so sorry, but I'm not going to just, st- I don't know. But yeah, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a good show. I don't know. I don't really want to, I don't know what else to say about it. I mean, so like sell us, like why should we, if we, if you guys don't suck at dating, why should we listen to it? Yeah. Well, you know, just because you're in a relationship or you have a baby doesn't mean you don't suck at dating. I'm sure we all can attest to that. Like, I'm sure there are things where Jess or Sarah wants more or like better from you in like in certain arenas. You know what I mean? So I think the the idea of once you're taken, you can just get lazy is, uh, you know, that's kind of everyone's ultimate downfall. So that's what we do. We talk about uh, how important it is to keep the romance alive, how to always put your partner first um, and even though we struggle with it most of the time, we, uh, we always, you know, try to circle back to the life lesson that we're all trying to teach that, uh, you know, we're living for, for our significant other for a lot of times. I head home. I mean, you, you brought up a good point cause I head home tomorrow, um, back to Denver. I've been gone for eight days at this point. We had a puppy. We got a puppy two days before I left. And so then I've been gone for eight days, leaving Jessica at home with this puppy. Yeah. And I'm starting to feel really bad about it. She's never made me feel bad about it, but I just feel like I'm failing yeah. and falling very short as a husband. Well, I'll tell you what. Your first mistake is only to start feeling bad now because you should have started feeling bad eight days ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, why? Because why, 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 that, why would your that new wife and you just got an eight-week-old puppy and you take off for two weeks to go golf with your friends? This was not... I, Don't get me wrong. I'm, I would do the exact same thing. <laughs> and I commend you for doing it. But I'm just saying is like for the fact that Jess hasn't laid into you more about it is very impressive on her part. She's an incredible wife. Yeah. You know, but part of getting this dog was also knowing these trips would play him. Yeah. So this was all pre-discussed. Yeah. But at this point it's time. I need to get back home. Yeah. You know. I'll tell you what too, like as well as alluded to earlier, to shoot a 76 on your last round of golf on this trip that you've been on. Very well. Way to close out strong. You know, on the back nine I didn't have one par. Yeah. I had shot even seven bogeys and two birdies. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty great. Um, it was it's pretty intense day. Well, it has been fun hanging out with you guys. I think today what we need to do um, because life has moved on for all of us. Wells came up with this idea, but I, I think we need to share our stories on how you actually got onto the show. Obviously, Wells and Dean have gone on to do great things post show. Oh, so successful post show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm killing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, let's start. Yeah. Let's start with Dean. Yeah. yeah, Dean. I feel like Amy has something to do with Dean's yeah. venture into the best. Well, I have a side story I'm going to share about Dean okay. and yeah. Amy once he shares his story. So, yeah, but here's the deal about my story: is I already know how my story starts and ends. So I'd rather hear like Wells or you go first. Well, well, yeah, of course you know yeah, your story. Yeah, but yeah. I, I mean... I'd like to see Dean's version of the story, and then I'll tell you all the true version yeah, of the story. Yeah, that's a good... Yeah, it's, that's always fun with Dean. Yeah, the Patreon version. Start it out. I'll share my story. Yeah. Everyone take a seat, settle, also, really settle in, get your drink ready. Wells has a friend here that I wouldn't let in the house until he tested negative for COVID. He's negative, so can you text your friend? He's yeah, nice. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Jim. Jim's welcome back. All right, my story goes back to when I was just a wee little boy, t- ripe old age of six years old, 
uh, and I was playing basketball out in my front yard and I looked at my dad and I said, Dad, one day I want to go on The Bachelor. Uh, I don't know. I had just broken up with my girlfriend maybe like four or five months prior and I hated my job. I was a tech recruiter and it was miserable and I, I'm an adventure seeker at heart. And so my buddy called me and he goes, hey, Dean, I'm going to do something for you and I just want you to follow through with it no matter what it is. And I was like, Mike, okay, dude, I love you no matter what it is. Tell me what I got to do. And he goes, uh, my friend's girlfriend works for this woman named Amy Sugarman. And she's best friends with the Bachelor executive producer. And I was like, okay. Um, and he goes, all right, she's going to call you. And she calls me. And you know when you just meet somebody and you, like, don't fully realize how crazy they are? And, like, you're, like, you're still new to getting to know them. And so you, like, are fully present and you're, like, super, uh, you know, into the conversation. And Amy and I talked on the phone for maybe, like, an hour and a uh, maybe not that long. It was a long time. We had a long conversation. I would say like 30 to 45 minutes, which is long for me because I hate phone calls. And then Amy was like, well, you're great. I love you so much. I'm going to pass you on to my friend Bennett, who is the, one of the executive producers. And then uh, I guess Bennett passed my information. You went right to, the t- right to the top. Yeah. Well, th- there was three EPs. It was Alon, it was Bennett, and it was Nicole. No, no, so that is. And and. You talk to one of the three EPs. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, I, I'm sure Amy probably gets a lot of people being like, hey, look, nominate my friend for the show. So Amy took the time out of her day to like go through the right avenues to get it done, which I mean, kudos to Amy for doing that. But like, I'm sure you probably get a lot of people like asking about that all the time. Um, and then Bennett obviously didn't call me. Megan Firestone, who is now probably an executive producer on the show, called me. She's or she's up yet. there. She's not yet. She will be at some point if she sticks with it. She's too good of a cast producer to yeah. be an executive producer. Do you want to hear an well. interesting tidbit, though? Yeah, please. Okay, so, so far the story is totally accurate. Okay. Completely true. H- Hannah Winkleman mm. called me about you. I called you. Who's Hannah Winkleman? She she's was, our friend. She worked for wife. me. And she's also that doesn't sound like a real person. No, she's, yeah. Hannah Winkleman is she's a real totally person. She's totally a real person, <laughs> and she's an awesome person. So, <laughs> when did you come over? So first, I talked on the phone. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it. I got it. I remember now. So first, I talked on the phone with you. Yeah. Then I hung up with you, and I called Bennett, and I was like, Bennett, you gotta meet this kid. Yeah. Super charismatic. But did you see what he looked like? Yeah, I had pictures. Hannah sent me a bunch of pictures, including a shirtless picture, which I didn't even yeah. I didn't even request. So, <laughs> so I call Bennett and Bennett's like, look, <laughs> I don't do the casting yeah. and I don't really like to like mess with what they're doing. I can't do it. So then I called you back yeah. and we talked for another hour. We talked. We were talking so together. So then I called Bennett back and I go, trust me, trust me. Call this guy. Nice. Have your guys call this guy. I will. I am not. I go. It is a real loss if you guys do not call yeah. this guy. And then they called you because yeah. it did take me. I had to do some problems. You really had to work yeah. for it. That's great. Well, hey, thanks for making. Thanks for working for it. Thanks for changing your life. You're so welcome. Yeah, thank you for uh, for everything you've done for me. Uh, it's funny the shirtless photo. You were that- right. You yeah. were right. Yeah, you were right. You were right. I know. And well, don't think I, I don't tell everybody that I know that works on that show. I brought, I am the person. And it gives you kind of power over them later on too. Cause you're like, I was right before. I'm probably gonna be right again later on. Uh, the shirtless picture thing is pretty funny too, because maybe like two weeks prior, like not even that much earlier, one of my best friends, uh, who has been in the industry, he like works at an agency. Uh, now he works for Amazon. He's doing really well. But back then 
he was like, Dean, you should like be a male model. <laughs> like you should go model. And I was like, Tommy, dude, I am not like up to that caliber of looking like I'm not a male model. Like it's just as simple as that. And he goes, I would disagree with that. No. <laughs> One of my buddies says you're the best looking man he's ever seen. It just blows my mind. You, you actively that. make yourself less attractive. Yeah, it's not wrong. You grow like terrible mustaches. <laughs> yeah. You don't shower. You have like yeah. a weird sideburn thing going yeah. on. Like, like six, <laughs> yeah. six long hairs. Okay. What else do you guys hate about <laughs> No, and you're still better looking than I Yeah. Do. Okay. Well, anyways, so, back to my story. If and, you cave a shit, I mean, you're ta- you're uh, Brad Pitt. Yeah. Okay. Well, appreciate that. Anyway, so he's like, dude, you have to try to be a model. And I, I was like, okay, Tommy, like, whatever, dude, let's try it. And so he's like, I set up a meeting with this, uh, the head of modeling for Wilhelmina. And I was like looking through the Wilhelmina website and they're, they're like the most insanely beautiful men I've ever seen in my entire life. And I was like, whatever, I'll go to dinner with this guy anyways. And so we go to dinner and he like tells me his whole life story and it was the weirdest dinner of all time. Super nice guy, but like he was like unloading a lot of emotional baggage onto me. Uh, and then he was like, you're, you're great. We love your look. I could see you doing all these things. I need you to get some photos. And so I was like, well, I have no money. So what do I do? And he's like, just go to like a Nordstrom and like try a bunch of stuff on in the changing room and take pictures of yourself. And so I like brought my one of my best friends, Josh, into the changing room with with me in Nordstrom, took like a bunch of photos and like a suit blazer and like shirtless. Yeah, called Josh. Really? Yeah, yeah, I know Josh. And this is like six years ago too. <laughs> and it's so funny because in all the photos you can like see the tags on the shirts and stuff like that. And so that's why uh, Amy was eventually sent one of those photos. And then, anyways, then uh, Bennett tells Megan to get in touch with me, and Megan calls me, and Megan and I talk for like three hours on the phone. Oh, yeah, she can definitely talk. And uh, it was the same thing with Amy. You know, like you, yeah, I don't know. It's just like one of those things where you just like unload everything, and like you just get you just talk for hours. And then so eventually she was like, you're great, you're great. And this was like maybe a week before we left for filming. This is like February 3rd and we left for filming like February March. 10th. Oh, you guys filmed in February? We were early February. Yeah. I think you were very like a last minute edition. I was the last edition. And I remember uh, too, because I did like two in-person interviews at NZK or whatever the studio was in... Uh, did what? you not go to the hotel uh-uh. and do all those things? No. Screw you, man. Yeah. yeah. You did that, didn't you? Oh, I did that. Okay. Yeah, I didn't do any of that. Uh, she was like, come into the studio tomorrow. We'll sign some paperwork. That's how good looking Dean is. Oh, my God. I, I have to go through no. like three days of being locked in a hotel room and Same. doing interviews. They just look at Dean twice and say, you know what? Just come to the house. Yeah, you're, 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 <laughs> yeah, just, skip the process. Just show up on the day. Yeah. No, and it was funny, too, because I was never really a fan of the show. I knew the format and how the system worked and stuff, but... I remember when I was in the production uh, and I met like Louie and uh, Todd and like all of the cast producers and all that stuff. Like there was like, there was like 20 of them and it was me. And like the next day they're like, yeah, we want you to come. But in that interview or like the meeting or whatever, they were like, so like, tell us about yourself. And I was like, well, I know how the show works. Like if you guys end up coming to meet my family at hometowns, it's going to be the weirdest episode you guys will ever have. And fully expecting like never to even make it that far. You know what I mean? And they were like, oh, like, tell us more why. And I explained why, as we all saw play out on TV, if you guys watch that episode or not. Uh, and it was just like, I feel like they were like, already like interested because Amy pitched me really well and then I was like my family's really weird and they were like wow this guy's the whole package yeah, for yeah. us perfect yeah and then so I Ratings left gold. and then I left like a week later and I packed to be gone I packed a tiny little duffel bag this is one of my favorite parts I want everybody to listen to this because you've told me this before yeah, well I hope I'm going to tell the story that I told you I packed a little tiny duffel bag I was expecting to be gone for four days I brought maybe like three t-shirts a pair of jeans and one suit and and I like I like called one of my best girlfriends at the time. I was like, Natalie, like I watched this show and these guys are all wearing like nice 
blazers and pea coats and like these cool bombers and like expensive jeans and I don't own any of those things and she goes oh yeah but like maybe just go buy a couple things and like you know it's your style so you're gonna make it work and I it's funny like looking back on it now because I still don't dress like that but it was just like I had no idea how to prepare and I didn't know what to do and then sure enough I was on the show for two and a half months instead of the two days that I was on it but and so did you ever get more clothes now I've got a couple more no no when you're on the show oh yeah so my friend Mike who I alluded to earlier uh, I wore the same suit every rose ceremony and then the final one I got to see him like during my hometown or something and he brought me an extra suit so the suit that I was wearing when I got dumped after hometowns was his suit that he let me borrow it's an unlucky suit it's an unlucky suit but I looked very good in it it was a little small on me but I just feel I felt I felt hot in it yeah you know what I mean and the other suits were the other suit was nice because it was like a dark blue and I had like a couple ties so I could like change the look up of it enough and I like had friends on the show that would like let me borrow their clothes, but uh, you know I think there's something to be said about that specifically is a lot of people go into it with the super high expectations and they think they're gonna be a knockout hit and everyone's gonna love them and and just like a little bit of humility goes a long way you know like just have like a little bit of humility and be like I might get kicked off in on day one or day five. People don't really go into it thinking that anymore, you know? They're thinking they want to be like an overnight celebrity. And that's my big issue with it now. So that's my Genesis story as to how I got on The Bachelorette. What keeps baby skin healthy? A diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. That's why Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better versus the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection to help keep your baby's skin dry and healthy. We have been a Pampers family since the start with Dawson. It takes you a few months of experimentation to figure out what really works and for us, Pampers really works. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologists approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic and they're free of parabens and latex. All that, so important. Try Swaddlers with the new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin for trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Hi, everyone. This is Rachel Zoe with the Climbing in Heels podcast. We recently sat down with a few recipients of the Botox Cosmetic, Onobotulinum Toxin A, and iFund Women Grants at South by Southwest, thanks to Botox Cosmetic. Take a listen to our conversation. It's so good. What advice would you give to upcoming like female entrepreneurs or just already sort of established trying to survive still? I literally joke with my staff and and we always are saying, oh, you want to be an entrepreneur? You want to be broke all the time and working 24-7? Ooh. Yeah, but look at you. Yeah, right? But I'm here. So the advice that I give is and I coined this, and I believe I said it on my TED Talk, that your passion follows you. You cannot follow your passion. So my advice is to let your passion follow you, get out of your own way, and never stop and never settle. This episode was brought to you by Botox Cosmetic. Learn more at BotoxCosmetic.com and talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, call 877 877- Three five one zero three zero zero, and follow the Climbing in Heels podcast on iHeartRadio or subscribe where you listen to your podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you feel like you just need to get something off your chest, whether it's work, family, relationships, we all carry around different stressors all day, big and small. 
when we bottle up those stressors, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's been weighing you down. Therapy's always been a benefit in my life. It's something that uh, my wife and I do as a couple. It's also something I do personally. If nothing else, it's a great place to just release whatever is going on internally. It's a place where you can feel less alone. Therapy allows you to be the best version of yourself, which obviously life is short. And so the more we can be the better versions of ourselves, the better this whole thing is for us and the people around us. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash almost today to get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash almost. Ashley, is it true that some contestants have cashed in their 401k to afford a new wardrobe for The Bachelor? I mean, you do need a lot of ball gowns when you think about it. Where did you hear that rumor, Ben? Oh, Smart Money Happy Hour. It's a podcast where two money experts, Rachel Cruz and George Camel, talk totally unfiltered about life, pop culture, and how to afford it all. With 90s nostalgia and reality TV fandom mixed in, of course. So like how to budget for a hot date in Malta like Joey went on? <laughs> yeah, or how to baby step your way to being a millionaire before you're 35. Oh, okay. I'm looking at this episode on how much people spend on dating apps. So one guy is spending $499 a month. He should really apply for the bachelorette. <laughs> or this one episode, which is what our Amazon purchase history says about us. Why don't you just go and tap that subscribe button, Ashley? um say less this is really really interesting so to check it out you can search smart money happy hour and listen wherever you get your podcasts just search smart money happy hour and hit that subscribe button which i just did your wallet and your next road trip will thank you let's talk about something we all can relate to hair removal yeah not exactly the highlight of our day right nicks cuts razor burns Ugh. but guess what nair the OG has taken hair removal to the next level with their new sensational shower and body creams that smell amazing. Literally the best thing ever. For real, Nair's new scents turned my bathroom into a spa. You guys, I remember when my mom gave me like the first bottle of Nair to use on my upper lip and I was like, this is so awful, but I... I do like need to do it, <laughs> um, but the smell so close to my nose for so long. It, ugh, no, ugh, the worst part of like the every other week or whatever I would do it. Now it smells incredible. Like there's Moroccan argan oil and orange blossom shower cream that you can use. It's like a pampering experience. You put it on your legs, let them sit there for a little bit. And it's so much better than shaving. They also have like. Um, rich cocoa butter and vitamin E body cream, soothing aloe and water lily body cream. Really anything you could think of to get rid of your hair in the most pleasant way, Nair has it. They have new shower and body creams that are so easy to apply and they work in as little as three minutes. And if you're going to shave more parts than just your legs, think about what you can do in three minutes with Nair. And the skin smooth feeling lasts so much longer than shaving 
like I just mentioned, you can use it not just on your legs, but on your arms, your underarms, even your bikini area. And we all know that was somewhere around the corner. That's a place you need it. Nair has turned the hair removal process into a sensorial experience. The scents are just amazing. And when I say that my bathroom smells like a spa, I really mean it. So check it out. The new and improved body creams and shower creams from Nair, the number one hair removal brand. Smell for yourself. Try the reformulated Nair body and shower creams available at retailers nationwide and online. Now I want to hear one of your guys's. Your story is interesting. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm sure they're all interesting. No, I, I really had never. I had always heard that Amy got you on the show. Mm. That's how I had heard the story. And now hearing all of that. It was you really did you skipped a lot of steps. Yeah. I talked to Amy on February third and I was in a car up to the mansion on February like twelfth. Oh holy cow. I, so I was talking to them in November. Yeah, and that's what I've heard. That seems that's even early too, I think. For a lot of the guys. Yeah. I got my first phone call six months before filming started. Mm. In between that time, I had blown out my knee and had surgery. Before, like, from the first phone call to when I went on the show, you just blow it. You know, how many, how many yeah, knees I mean, you got, yeah, dude? Yeah, I've blown it out three times. <laughs> really? Yeah. Stop being athletic. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't. I think just that play the, golf. Now. I think that means the opposite. <laughs> when your knees are dislocated yeah. from your body, you're anti-athletic. Yeah. Uh, it is. Your story is interesting. I still remember Amy and I went out to lunch one day in Brentwood, and we're in a car, and she got a phone call from you. Oh. And I was like, who is that? And she said, this is this guy that just got off the show. Oh, nice. And he's he's going to be a star. He's going to be a huge deal. I like him a lot. I was for a very short amount of time. <laughs> You're a star in our eyes. Yes, yeah. that's all I care about. And uh, and then I started paying attention to you. And, and then we got to meet later on and obviously become friends. Uh, and I have enjoyed a ton of memories with you, but I still remember that very first time she was like, this guy's going to be a star. Yeah. Well, it's funny too, like a sidebar from that. I've told this story to you and I probably told it on a podcast once or twice as well, but there was a time when after filming was over before the season had aired and right before I went to bachelor in paradise, which was like maybe a four week gap, I was in Colorado visiting my friend and we went to this wine store in uh, the lower highlands and they saw you, and I guess I saw you too, but I didn't know who you were. You were just some like, good-looking guy. I didn't know you were super famous. And we left the store, and both my two friends, they were like, do you know who that was? Do you know who that was? And I go, no. And they go, that was Ben Higgins. He was The Bachelor. And I was like, you guys should have told me in the store. I was just on the show. So, I would have loved to introduce hi. myself to him. Yeah, yeah. And we ran into each other a couple of random times in Denver. Yeah. A couple of times you didn't say hi to me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, when you, were getting, when you were getting your acai bowl yeah, outside. I was getting acai bowl outside and Dean just ignored me outside. <laughs> yeah, no, you guys, you guys <laughs> have to true. understand. That's exactly You have to understand. You're, you, I don't know what it was about your look that day, but you look like you, you were wearing like a monster energy hat. And you had like this like, goatee. And I was like, that guy right dirt bikes or like he just drove his monster truck to the breakfast place like i was on the water i started i had a basketball jersey on <laughs> yeah, swim trunks like to the pool and i had a i had like a 
a big old like uh, you hat could, on. You could go to the bathroom, look at yourself in the mirror, and you'd be like, "Who the hell is that?" <laughs> I think I had white socks with like sandals on. Day, <laughs> you, you looked good, but you looked so, so unlike Dean yourself. Was so like hurt by the fact that of my look, even though he knew me, <laughs> that he just goes, "I'm not going to even talk Shut to him. Up. I'll give him the hey, what's going on?" Oh, that was funny. Yeah, yeah, that was funny. This is a guy who's curly has a mustache, yeah, and a goatee. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll tell you, Ben. Like literally, you looked like. Uh, 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 Mike Metzger. Do you know who that is? No. He used to be like a professional dirt bike rider. And I just feel like, but like 30 years older, you look like him. And I just, I'm so sorry. I didn't recognize you. I promise I would have said hi had I known you. I'm, I'm sick of talking about myself. I'm getting uncomfortable now. I want to hear your guys' stories. Well, together, let's kick please. it off. You want me to go? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. People okay. have heard mine, so I'll make mine short too. Okay. So I think I've told this story a bunch of times, but I'm happy to do it again. Because it was my idea. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh,. I was a radio host before the show, and I used to do a bit where I would go on auditions for commercials in Nashville, and I would intentionally be bad at them. And the whole bit was is that I would have my co-host, which was always an intern, and we'd run lines on air for the commercial. And so it was like a Chinette paper plate commercial, or it was like a Meow Mix commercial or something. And we would go over the lines and it would be like, all right, the line is meow mix, meow mix, we deliver and whatever. And then I'd be like very serious about it. And then this is before Instagram and Facebook really and uh, Snapchat and TikTok. And I'd make YouTube videos of me going to these auditions and I would intentionally be bad at them because I wasn't really trying to get the gig. Yeah. I was trying to get the bit. So I would be bad at them. And uh, and then the next day I'd come back and I would be inconsolable because I didn't get the Meow Mix commercial. <laughs> That's pretty okay? funny, yeah. But it was, it was a good bit. It was a funny yeah. bit. Sometimes I would get it, though, actually. I got the Chinette paper plate commercial. Even trying to be bad, you got it? Yeah. And so... So then do you carry the bit on into the actual commercial itself or do you like then start taking so it seriously? So one of them was for like the Tennessee Lottery. And it was... The the whole concept was is that you're you're like bouncing a basketball and you're looking around and thousands of fans are are screaming your name and then you run to go do a layup and I think how it was written was like someone from the Grizzlies comes and swats it away or something like that. And the whole thing was you miss hundred percent of the shots you don't take, play the lottery, you could win a million dollars, something yeah, like that. Yeah. So I went to this audition straight up like Will Ferrell, uh, like headband, socks up to my knees, short shorts, like uh, old converses. And I was like, I, 1960s me. And I was like doing the whole thing and they didn't hire me, which is fine. And then if you go find, you can go find this commercial they stole the look that I, the entire oh. thing was just like 1960s, like a guy. Really? Yeah. Anyways, so I used to do this a lot because it, it was a good bit. And like, I was very happy with like my career and I thought it was fun and funny. And my brother, Brett, of whom. I is, love. Yes. <laughs> Amy's trying to marry him. He's married. I'm not trying, but I do love. Yes. Well's brother is like. He's the best. 10 out of 10. He's the best. 
And he also was like the good-looking one in our family. No, he, you're I, as good-looking. No, Brett was Brett was a model and oh, an actor. Because now he's old. Now yeah, now he's older, but he's still a very handsome. Very ten out of ten. Anyway, so he lives in Brentwood in Los Angeles, and he got approached by a casting director. And the casting director came up to him. Brett is also a guy that like is friends with everybody. I mean, you guys yeah. know you guys know him, but like for everyone out there, my brother is a guy that knows everybody and everyone loves. There's never been a bad word said about my brother, and he's a person that never uh, loses a friend. So this was. 2000, maybe seven, 2008. He was at Q's in Brentwood. Q's. Yes, he loves Q's. He lo- like he and he also, by the way, he's the mayor of Q's. I've first of all, Q's, Q's there. Yes, and it's a goddamn black hole. If I go in there, yeah. I get absolutely tanked because one, I don't pay for anything, and the bartenders way double poor me because <laughs> Brett's the mayor of Q's. So he's in Q's watching his Kansas basketball. I'm sure, and a casting director comes up and is like, I don't know who the hell you are, but you are the most gregarious person I've ever met. Everyone loves you, everyone's talking to you, who the hell are you, and are you single? And he was like, my name's Brett, I am not single, I just started dating a girl, but like, we just started dating like last week or whatnot, who are you? And they started casting him for the show. They offered him to go on the show, he went through everything, and at the you know it takes months to get through the. Sh- for uh, most people, for most people, not for not for <laughs> Dean, but for most people, it takes a long time. And so, for my brother, by the time they were like, "Okay, we're going to go start filming in March," he was like, "I'm now very serious with this woman, mm-hmm. who now is his wife, and they're having a child together." Yeah, it's painful. It's painful for Amy. <laughs> So yeah, it sucks. But back to the back to the part of my my brother. Everyone loves my brother, and my brother has never lost a friend. Seven years go by. Okay, I get dumped by the girl I'm dating in Nashville. I'm doing this like weird morning show on this strange radio station, and I'm kind of like I'm in a weird spot. Uh, and my brother goes, "Hey, man." Do you want to go audition for The Bachelor? I'm still friends with this casting director. And to me, I'm like, why the fuck are you still friends with this yeah. person? Like, that was seven years ago, and you're married. Like, this is so weird. And he's like, hey, man, listen, I don't lose friends. Like, you never know what's going to happen. He's like, I'll send an email. So he sends an email to uh, Mel- Melissa Chapius, uh, who is a big uh, casting director for the show and says, hey, listen, my brother w- would like to go on the show. So Melissa's like, great, we'll be in Nashville in November. We'll set it up. Now, remember I used to do this bit where I would go on auditions and I would try to kind of ruin it. Okay? Uh. So I am in my mind with my the producers of the radio show, I'm like, I'm going to go do this bachelor thing and I'm going to bomb it. And it's going to be really, really funny. So they call me up and they say, hey, listen, we need you uh, at this hotel at this certain time. And I was like, well, I have a afternoon drive show. At the time I was doing three different radio shows for diff- three different formats. And I was like, I need to, I have a hard out, which is like the douchiest thing to tell somebody that you have unless you're Tom Cruise but I was like I got a hard out so I need to leave early and they're like okay fine you'll be the first person in so 
I had done my morning show. I go to my audition for The Bachelor, and I'm wearing, like, my normal clothes. I remember I was wearing all jean. I was wearing a jean jacket, jean jeans, uh, T-shirt with, like, a bunch of buttons or whatever. And I remember walking into this hotel in downtown Nashville, and everyone was wearing suits. <laughs> because, like, that's what you wear when you get out of a limo. And I remember looking around being like, well, uh, <laughs> this is off to a blaze. <laughs> yeah. So I have to go first because I have a heart out like a doucher. So I go first. And I was like, listen, I got 15 minutes or whatever. And I sit there and you know, they put a little camera up. I, ben did this. Dean didn't do this because he lives in fantasy <laughs> casting world. But they have a little camera and, and they basically interview you for a couple minutes. And I had 15 minutes and I remember 45 minutes went by. And they're like, so you're a radio DJ? Like, do your bit. So I had I had done my morning show that day. So I did every bit I had done that day. And it was right after, I don't know if anyone remembers this, but Justin Bieber had peed into a bucket at a restaurant some for some reason. And he had, like, gone into the restaurant kitchen and peed into a bucket. Do you remember this? Yeah. yeah. I remember that, yeah. And so the whole bit was like, that bucket seen some shit, but, like... God damn it, that's a good day for you. <laughs> you know, it was just like, you know, you could tell your kids, like, Justin Bieber peed on me. <laughs> Today was a good day. Like, that was the bit. So I was, like, doing this, like, weird Justin Bieber bit for these people. And I remember, like, 45 minutes in, I was like, they think I'm funny. Like, I was trying to bomb this entire thing because I just wanted the bit from my radio show. And I remember they, they go, um... So this was in November. They go, what are you doing in March? And I said, ladies, I don't know what I'm doing tomorrow, let alone what I'm doing in March. So I don't know what you're saying. They're like, well, we need you for March and April. This is going to be a thing. And so I knew that day that I was probably going to get booked for the show. And then there's like the whole story of like flying out to L.A. at the Sheridan in Los Angeles where they like poke and prod you and they do weird stuff. And which Dean didn't have to do, which annoys me. Because they did like a whole background check on me. I'll be honest, it sounds fun. I'm amazed. Like, so they did a whole background check on me. I remember there was a private eye. They were like, you mm. didn't pay a ticket in 1997. Yeah. And I was like, what? Yeah. And I'm like, now I'm hearing this. I'm like, Dean has never paid a ticket. Yeah. 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 Like, they didn't give a shit about anything. Okay, for the record, I did have to go to the private eye, but I went to the private eye's house. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and they, he, she lived in like Long Beach or something. And I went there, she ran my social, and I did have, I mean, I've got a lot of misdemeanors on my record, yeah. like invading arrest and uh, uh, underage drinking <laughs> and like all these ridiculous things that I got before I was 20 years old. So I, I had to experience all the things. I just went at a different pace than everyone else. Yeah. But, so what do you have to do to not be on the show? <laughs> <laughs> you have a laundry list of misdemeanors and they're like, yeah, that works. Well, there are no more. How do you not I think as long as you have no felonies, that's really what it was. Yeah. And the thing was, uh, I think I was really worried that I had an active warrant out for my arrest. Yeah. And and another thing too was, do you I, still have an active warrant? <laughs> I sure hope not. Uh, the other thing, I, I I don't want me to steal your story time, uh, but this is all coming back to me in a rush. So I remember one of the things was I needed to have an updated uh, driver's license because my driver's license was from Colorado and expired, and I was living in Los Angeles. And I went to the DMV uh, to get a, a California driver's license, 
and they were like, you have like four speeding tickets you never paid, five parking tickets. So I had to literally pay the DMV like $1,100, which was basically like my monthly salary at the time to even get a California license just in order to go on the show. And like, sure enough, obviously, fiscally, it returned itself to me. But there was a, there was a lot of fear in my head where I was like, I'm paying $1,100 to go on a television show. And like, it could be the worst decision of my, my, my entire yeah. life. Yeah. So I'm sorry. But I did have to go to the private eye. For the record. Okay, good. Yeah. You need to take SED tests and all that stuff. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You have to take the crazy person test. And all, you know, and, and, and funny enough, the only pass that I, the, the only test that I passed was the STD test. You didn't, you didn't pass the, the Every mental? other test I failed. Well, yeah. I mean, sure, I guess the mental test, but like I had, you know, the, the background checks and yeah, the, yeah. all the other stuff. Interesting. Yeah. What keeps baby skin healthy? A diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. That's why Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better versus the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection to help keep your baby's skin dry and healthy. We have been a Pampers family since the start with Dawson. It takes you a few months of experimentation to figure out what really works, and for us, Pampers really works. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologists approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic, and they're free of parabens and latex. All that, so important. Try Swaddlers with the new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin, for trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Hi, everyone. This is Rachel Zoe with the Climbing in Heels podcast. We recently sat down with a few recipients of the Botox Cosmetic Onobotulinum Toxin A and iFund Women Grants at South by Southwest, thanks to Botox Cosmetic. Take a listen to our conversation. It's so good. What advice would you give to upcoming like female entrepreneurs or just already sort of established trying to survive still? I literally joke with my staff and, and we always are saying, oh, you want to be an entrepreneur? You want to be broke all the time and working 24-7? Ooh. Yeah, but look so, at you. Yeah, right? But I'm here. So the advice that I give is and I coined this, and I believe I said it on my TED Talk, that your passion follows you. You cannot follow your passion. So my advice is to let your passion follow you, get out of your own way, and never stop and never settle. This episode was brought to you by Botox Cosmetic. Learn more at BotoxCosmetic.com and talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, call 877 877- Three five one zero three zero zero, and follow the Climbing in Heels podcast on iHeartRadio, or subscribe where you listen to your podcast. Ashley, is it true that some contestants have cashed in their four hundred one k to afford a new wardrobe for The Bachelor? I mean, you do need a lot of ball gowns when you think about it. Where did you hear that rumor, Ben? Oh, Smart Money Happy Hour. It's a podcast where two money experts, Rachel Cruz and George Camel. Talk totally unfiltered about life, pop culture, and how to afford it all. With 90s nostalgia and reality TV fandom mixed in, of course. So like how to budget for a hot date in Malta like Joey went on? (laughs) Yeah. Or how to baby step your way to being a millionaire before you're 35. Oh, okay. I'm looking at this episode on how much people spend on dating apps. One guy is spending... $499 a month. He should really apply for the bachelorette. (laughs) 
<laughs> or this one episode, which is what our Amazon purchase history says about us. Why don't you just go and tap that subscribe button, Ashley? Um, say less. This is really, really interesting. So to check it out, you can search Smart Money Happy Hour and listen wherever you get your podcasts. Just search Smart Money Happy Hour and hit that subscribe button, which I just did. Your wallet and your next road trip will thank you. Let's talk about something we all can relate to. Hair removal. Yeah, not exactly the highlight of our day, right? Nicks, cuts, razor burns. Ugh. But guess what? Nair. The OG has taken hair removal to the next level with their new sensational shower and body creams that smell amazing. Literally the best thing ever. For real, Nair's new scents turned my bathroom into a spa. You guys, I remember when my mom gave me like the first bottle of Nair to use on my upper lip and I was like, this is so awful, but I... I do like need to do it, <laughs> um, but the smell so close to my nose for so long. Oh, no. Ugh, the worst part of like the every other week or whatever I would do it. Now it smells incredible. Like there's Moroccan argon oil and orange blossom shower cream that you can use. It's like a pampering experience. You put it on your legs, let it sit there for a little bit. And it's so much better than shaving. They also have like. Um, rich cocoa butter and vitamin E body cream, soothing aloe and water lily body cream. Really anything you could think of to get rid of your hair in the most pleasant way, Nair has it. They have new shower and body creams that are so easy to apply and they work in as little as three minutes. And if you're going to shave more parts than just your legs, think about what you can do in three minutes with Nair. And the skin smooth feeling lasts so much longer than shaving. Like I just mentioned, you can use it not just on your legs, but on your arms, your underarms, even your bikini area. And we all know that was somewhere around the corner. That's a place you need it. Nair has turned the hair removal process into a sensorial experience. The scents are just amazing. And when I say that my bathroom smells like a spa, I really mean it. So check it out. The new and improved body creams and shower creams from Nair, the number one hair removal brand. Smell for yourself. Try the reformulated Nair body and shower creams available at retailers nationwide and online. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. <gasps> what? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you. 
So anyways, that, that was basically my story. And then it was, I had to wait for six months and, or whatever it was. What is that like? Because like, so, okay, so you like go through it and they're like, we want you on the show and then well, you just I don't did, hear from them for six I, months? I didn't know. Megan Firestone was also the person that was talking to me every week or whatever. And I think she was making sure that like I was being a good boy. But what I did that I think a lot of people don't do, and if this is like a cautionary tale for people that want to go on the show, what I did was I called every ex that I had, which was only a couple. Mm. And I said, I'm going on this show. I'm going to have to talk about like my past. Yeah. And if you don't think that, if you don't want me to do this, then I won't do this because I, I have respect for like for you and how this is going to make you feel and everything. And and testament to all my exes, they're all like, yeah. <laughs> You're a fucking idiot, yeah. and uh, you have my blessing. Go on this show. Funny, nice. And so then I didn't feel bad because I was like, I'm just gonna be honest about, yeah. you know, whatever happened with all my exes, and I just didn't want like an ex coming on the show being like, and you did another thing. Yeah, you did this, you know. So I just, and every time I watch a show, there's always like they haven't done on this past season, but there's always like an angry ex like uh-huh. comes, you know, and I didn't want that. So. That's smart. I, I think that's a great cautionary tale too. Yeah. Is if you're going to go on the show, kind of cover your own tr- cover your own bases, I guess. Mm-hmm. I uh, well, my ex, my most recent ex that I had just broken up with, I cheated on her, mm-hmm. and I was I still am very ashamed and um, upset with myself for doing that. But at the time, I like was I was in a place where I was like kind of denying it to like to myself and to everyone else, and uh, a lot of people like news outlets were reaching out to her and they were like, Hey, do you want to make a comment on your ex-boyfriend being on a television show? And she's a saint. She's like one of the nicest people in the entire world. So she always like refused to comment, but I could imagine a situation where like maybe my ex-girlfriend wasn't as kind yeah. as that one. And they would like, they would love to like try, uh, drag your name through the mud. So yeah, it's a good cautionary tale for sure. Did you I mean, if this is a bit Wells, yeah, for you not to get the gigs and then like every once in a while you get the gig yeah. and you got the bachelorette gig. Why did you say yes? Like you weren't expecting to go in and get it, and but then all of a sudden you're like, oh well, maybe now I'll do it. Well, kind of going back to what Dean was saying about like, there's something about like I'm only going to last four days. I'm going to pack for four days of yeah. whatever. I kind of went into all those things. Like I'm not really trying to do this, but uh, if I do, great. Every day's a blessing, type of a thing. Uh, for me. Once they said that we want you to be on the show, then I was like, great. And at the time, I had been in some like long relationship that that hadn't worked. And the way that I rationalized the whole thing was, well, normal dating hasn't worked for me. Uh, I'm still alone. At the time, I was 33. Uh, I was kind of I was older yeah. than a lot of people. I was like, maybe this is how it happens. Like then I became open to it. Uh, and so, so I was able to sell myself on it. When you were on the show, did you still think you was part of your bit? Like while you were like in the mansion filming, were you still like, this is going to be great for my uh, radio show? No, but I remember being nervous that everyone was thinking, was going to think that I was using this to like get mm-hmm. clout in radio, which I, I don't think I really was. Uh, I think in my mind, I was like, this will always be a funny antidote I'd be able to tell uh, at dinner parties and maybe sometimes on the radio. But for the most part, like, I didn't think that was going to, like, make me the next Ryan Seacrest, you know? Uh, 
but I was nervous that people were going to think I was doing that. But I also realized pretty early on that JoJo didn't like me. And then it was, let's just see how long we can hold on to this thing. Why didn't she like you? I think because I was kind of her buddy. Okay. <laughs> if I'm, you know, like, I don't think she was attracted to me sexually. I think she was attracted to me, like, I think my I had a good personality, still do. Yes, uh, yes I am. <laughs> I'm pretty fantastic. I, I'm pretty great. Uh, I think she thought I was funny, so she was like, "I think we'll keep him around because he's like good. He's like good vibes." But I'm never gonna I'm never gonna f- this kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is not my man. Yeah, yeah. So and, and I think I knew that, and I think I was like, "Great, where are we going next? Yeah. Are we going to Argentina? Big sis is taking me to Argentina. Yeah, because <laughs> you never kissed her, right? I did at the end. Okay, we never saw it on TV, or did yeah, we? Yeah, we saw it on TV. Okay, did she break up with you right after kissing? Yes, you? really, absolutely, yes. So you guys made out, and then she said, "Hey, this isn't going to work." Yes. Oh. Do you think she knew that she was going to say that before she kissed you and she just like wanted to like like send you on your way with maybe a smile, I guess? It was at the end, like, you know, there was only seven guys left or whatever at that time. And I think she was trying to whittle it down. Uh, and like, I just, here's the thing, I, I would do so many things differently if I could go back, but I actually wouldn't do anything differently because everything worked out exactly the way it was supposed to. And I ended up doing very well for myself. But um, in my mind, like I never got to, I was never on a one-on-one until the day I got dumped. Okay. So it was only on group dates. And I fucking killed group dates. I was, I I thought I did great every single one. I got the first rose in the first group date. The second one uh, was like a football one that I had the most touchdowns of anybody even though we lost. That's exactly what JoJo was looking for. Yeah. Who's going to score the most touchdowns for me? Well, you know who got the freaking rose? Jordan Rogers, because he uh. threw all of them. <laughs> but I caught all of yeah. them. Uh, but I was like, I, I'm doing so good, but, but I don't have any alone time with you. So any time that I had alone time with her, I was like, so I don't even know what your middle name is. Like, yeah. wh- who are you? Like, like, what's your favorite book? I was, like, trying to, like, figure things out. And then watching it back, Robbie, like, the second day being like, I'm in love with you. Nah, I'm making out. And be like, that's crazy. That's, that's much weirder than, like, what I was doing. Even though I was the weird guy that like, didn't make out with her. But I was just, like, trying to understand what her middle name was, yeah. you know? So I went, th- went through the show normally, and I should not have done that. And, like, looking back, I... I see that now. You would have been more aggressive? Hell yeah. Like, I'm not a wuss, like, when it comes to chicks. I can make out with chicks. Oh, cool, man. There was a part of me that was just, like, so, like, how many brothers do you have? You know, like, things that you ask on first dates. You just had, like, nine consistent first dates. Yes. And I remember, I remember the last day I got dumped. I got, finally got the one-on-one. And she shamed me for not making out with her. The date card said Bessime, Bessime Muchacho, which is kiss me, kiss me, kiss me, you little b-. And so, <laughs> and, and so we, I, got, I was hanging out with her and I was like, I was like, you know, it's fine. Like what you're doing, I get it. Like also you didn't write this date card, but whatever. Uh, but I was like, I've done the math. Do you know how long we've hung out? 
And she was like, how long? I said, 27 minutes. This entire time, 27 minutes, okay? Which, if I had made out with you in 25 minutes, I might get canceled, you know? Like, I might get me too real quick. That's like, that's like picking up your first date and like making out there before you even get to the yeah, restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you're not wrong. <laughs> no, I know I'm not wrong. <laughs> you're not So have you seen JoJo or Jordan since? No. Like, it's so funny, though, because at, we were such buddies on the yeah. show. So after the show, like, she would text me. And I remember I we were at iHeart and um, iHeart Fest in Vegas. And she was like, just so you know, you're the only person other than Jordan that I follow from our show, from, from my show. And you're the only person that I talk to because I think you're cool and I think we're like we're friends. And I was like, that's cool. Uh, you didn't need to fucking dump me <laughs> in Argentina, but like that's fine. Uh, and then like weird things would come out of the people that made it further than I did. Yeah. And what I do you mean. Would, I'm not, we don't need to go into it, but things happen for other people. Like guys that made it further than yeah. Wells did didn't end up coming out of this whole thing unscathed. Yeah. And uh, I would, send, bad, I would, bad I would send screenshots to her and I would say, just so you know, um, he made it further than I did. <laughs> and she would be And like, I talked to every one of my exes <laughs> and they all said I yeah, was great. I was a good cop. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, uh, but I, I got nothing but love for JoJo. We were not meant for each other and I think that's why we both are happy because like I don't care like <laughs> really I mean it's not how I'm supposed to say that but yeah. I don't care like I'm happy for her I really do like Jordan he was a good guy we were friends on the show we still are friends uh, and so that's that's my story yeah isn't it weird too to I mean we have these moments now as we sit around and like have drinks you know play golf and talk and I'd say like maybe 5% of total conversation is ever about anything about the show when we're hanging out. Like very little, but just how... That's a bit of a lot. Yeah, last night we talked about it. 30%. Last night we talked about it a good bit. A little bit, but like if we're hanging out like in Orlando together, I don't think we probably brought up the show once. No. I don't think there was one time. I don't think if Dean comes to my house in Denver and visits, the show ever gets brought up. But when you, yeah, that's because we're legitimate friends, though. Yeah, yeah what I'm, but I'm, what I'm saying is how much now, my point to this whole intro was how much now it has enhanced your life. Like, you did just say, like, you're wearing a modern family jacket right now. Like, the jacket you have on has modern family. You met your fiancé because of the show. Your career hasn't fully changed, but it's been enhanced, I would say. You know, yeah. Dean... Uh, Kaylin's out here with us. Yeah, yeah. Kaylin is. Uh, Kaylin is. You know, she's all I need in life. I don't need a. I don't need a great career like Wells. <laughs> I don't need. Uh, you have a podcast on the same <laughs> yeah, network I do. I don't need uh, a fancy car like Ben. You know, I got 2016. Kayla. I got 50. That's what we're going for. <laughs> well, I mean, if you really think about it, yeah. So the show led Wells to Sarah, yeah. and the show led obviously me to Kaylin more so than either of you guys. But the show also led Jess to you in a lot of ways. Where 100%. like she probably would never have responded to you had she not been on the show. And so, like in a lot of ways, we do have the show to thank for our, the success we've had romantically. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, it's such a big you know pivot point in all of our lives. Yeah, and it's like it is something I look at with a lot of gratitude. It's not always been ideal, but. Yeah. A lot of gratitude. What keeps baby skin healthy? 
a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. That's why Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better versus the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection to help keep your baby's skin dry and healthy. We have been a Pampers family since the start with Dawson. It takes you a few months of experimentation to figure out what really works, and for us, Pampers really works. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologists approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic, and they're free of parabens and latex. All that so important. Try Swaddlers with the new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin, for trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Hi, everyone. This is Rachel Zoe with the Climbing in Heels podcast. We recently sat down with a few recipients of the Botox Cosmetic, Onobotulinum Toxin A, and iFund Women Grants at South by Southwest, thanks to Botox Cosmetic. Take a listen to our conversation. It's so good. What advice would you give to upcoming like female entrepreneurs or just already sort of established trying to survive still? I literally joke with my staff and and we always are saying, oh, you want to be an entrepreneur? You want to be broke all the time and working 24 seven. Ooh. Yeah, but look at you. Yeah, right. But I'm here. So the advice that I give is and I coined this, and I believe I said it on my TED Talk, that your passion follows you. You cannot follow your passion. So my advice is to let your passion follow you, get out of your own way, and never stop and never settle. This episode was brought to you by Botox Cosmetic. Learn more at BotoxCosmetic.com and talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, call 877 877- Three five one zero three zero zero, and follow the Climbing in Heels podcast on iHeartRadio or subscribe where you listen to your podcast. Ashley, is it true that some contestants have cashed in their four hundred one k to afford a new wardrobe for The Bachelor? I mean, you do need a lot of ball gowns when you think about it. Where did you hear that rumor, Ben? Oh, Smart Money Happy Hour. It's a podcast where two money experts, Rachel Cruz and George Camel. Talk totally unfiltered about life, pop culture, and how to afford it all. With 90s nostalgia and reality TV fandom mixed in, of course. So like how to budget for a hot date in Malta like Joey went on? (laughs) Yeah. Or how to baby step your way to being a millionaire before you're 35. Okay, I'm looking at this episode on how much people spend on dating apps. So one guy is spending... $499 a month. He should really apply for the bachelorette. (laughs) Or this one episode, which is what our Amazon purchase history says about us. Why don't you just go and tap that subscribe button, Ashley? Um, say less. This is really, really interesting. So to check it out, you can search Smart Money Happy Hour and listen wherever you get your podcasts. Just search Smart Money Happy Hour and hit that subscribe button, which I just did. Your wallet and your next road trip will thank you. Let's talk about something we all can relate to. Hair removal. Yeah, not exactly the highlight of our day, right? Nicks, cuts, razor burns. Ugh. But guess what? Nair. The OG has taken hair removal to the next level with their new sensational shower and body creams that smell amazing. Literally the best thing ever. For real, Nair's new scents turned my bathroom into a spa. You guys, I remember when my mom gave me like the first bottle of Nair to use on my upper lip and I was like, 
this is so awful, but I, I do like need to do it. <laughs> um, but the smell so close to my nose for so long. Oh, no. Ugh, the worst part of like the every other week or whatever I would do it. Now it smells incredible. Like there's Moroccan argon oil and orange blossom shower cream that you can use. It's like a pampering experience. You put it on your legs, let it sit there for a little bit. And it's so much better than shaving. They also have like, um, rich cocoa butter and vitamin E body cream, soothing aloe and water lily body cream. Really anything you could think of to get rid of your hair in the most pleasant way, Nair has it. They have new shower and body creams that are so easy to apply and they work in as little as three minutes. And if you're going to shave more parts than just your legs, think about what you can do in three minutes with Nair. And the skin smooth feeling lasts so much longer than shaving like I just mentioned, you can use it not just on your legs, but on your arms, your underarms, even your bikini area. And we all know that was somewhere around the corner. That's a place you need it. Nair has turned the hair removal process into a sensorial experience. The scents are just amazing. And when I say that my bathroom smells like a spa, I really mean it. So check it out. The new and improved body creams and shower creams from Nair, the number one hair removal brand. Smell for yourself. Try the reformulated Nair body and shower creams available at retailers nationwide and online. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, okay, so I think it's your turn, even though yeah. this, this episode's gone a good 30 minutes past how long it was supposed to. Yeah. I can I can do mine quick, because a lot of people listening has heard it, but uh, I was dating a girl, uh, just to give everybody a reminder, I was dating somebody in college that I thought I was going to marry, and uh, and she, her and I are friends now, so I want to preface this with saying we were, we were friends, and are friends, but she was a freshman in college, I was a senior in college. I was ready to marry her my senior year of college. You were that guy. I was that guy. Yeah. Um, and uh, I was, so she was in Bloomington, Indiana. After I graduated, I went back to Warsaw and I would drive down to Bloomington about every weekend. And at some point, like, I think for her, and it's totally fair, you know, her grad, like, alumni boyfriend is, seems to have nothing better to do than come and visit his sorority girlfriend who's trying to have a good time in college and like 
you know, want to take her on dates and like want to do like weekend trips. And I think she's just trying to have a good time yeah. in college. And so we started You're like Matthew McConaughey and Days from the Future. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so all right, all right, all right. <laughs> so I went down on a trip. I still remember this to Bloomington. And she's like, what are your dreams and what are your plans? And I said, I'm going to, you know, I think we got a good thing going. Like, I'll be in Warsaw. I can drive down and see you. And she says, no, like, um, then you're never going to leave Warsaw, my hometown. I was like, well, there's not a huge reason to. There's a great job there for me. Like, my parents are there. My family is there. Uh, And she goes, I just think when you do that, you're losing your it factor. And I was like, oh. And we kind of like kind of love this woman <laughs> yeah she's pretty she's she's really great um and so a month later it's summer and i wanted her to stay in indiana because i'm a jerk and she wanted to go take an internship in austin texas and it was kind of my last hurrah at trying to keep her in part of my life and so i'll drive you to austin texas i'll take the road trip with your car down there but let's break it up let's do a trip to new orleans new orleans and then go to austin from there and so we drive down to New Orleans and she, uh, we go out to our first night. We have a great night. Second night, we take, go to this really fancy dinner. I still remember it was, I had no money to my name and it was like a $150 dinner. And I thought I was, you know, gonna, I got thought I was a big deal. And I also was so scared to spend <laughs> that money. And at dinner that night, we go and we walk home and we're going to stop and get a cocktail afterwards. We walk into this bar and there's like a five minute wait. So we sit down on the side of the bar. And she just looks at me and goes, I think it's time for us to be done. And I said, what? And there was no sign of this, like, pointing to this. Yeah. But she goes, I think it's time for us to be done. And so that was the night. Was we before f- you got into the bar? We were, like, sitting, waiting in, like, the waiting well, line. I don't have my hurricane yet. Yeah. Let <laughs> me get the hurricane then yeah. dump me. Then dump me. <laughs> well, this is the best part of the story. So I don't have a flight home, and I don't have any money to pay for a flight in New Orleans. So I have to drive to Austin and spend a week with her family oh, that she's living at. So we drive nine hours in a car. She puts her hair, hair, uh, headphones in and I drive her like the nine hours to Austin, Texas. And we don't say a word to each other the whole way. We get to her aunt and uncle's house in Austin and I would wake up before she woke up every day and leave the house and come back home at like 11 o'clock at night. Like I would just find stuff to do for a week until my flight could take off because I didn't want to tell my parents I was embarrassed to, and I didn't want to tell them to get me a new flight and I didn't have the money to buy a new flight. So I just waited out, finally flew back um, to Indiana. Well, I got back to Indiana and, uh, and my buddy and I were going to, based on this, when she said, you've lost your hit factor, I said, I'm moving. So we decided to move to Peru, South America. And we lived in South America and I ended up getting homesick and missing her and thinking I could get her back. So I came back home early, I got back home. Uh, and my boss at my, my job was like a part-time job, uh, convinced me to leave town, went to Denver a year after moving to Denver. Um, I was so sad. And I told that whole first part of the story because I was so sad. I still missed her. Um, I didn't have any friends. I hated my job. And one of the ladies at my work said, Ben, you're, I remember this day. She goes, you're really sad uh, and you need to shake life up a bit. I'm going to sign you up for, or will you go with me to an audition for The Bachelorette? And I said, no. And she said, can I sign you up online? I said, yeah, you can sign me up. And that's when the whole thing started. So she signed me up. A week later, they called. Um, two weeks after that, I blew up my knee. And um, 
that's when then I kept having conversations with him, but I wouldn't tell him I was hurt because I thought the show was going to be starting soon and I was just going to, you know, tough it out. And then I didn't hear from him for like three months. Like they just disappeared. The show disappeared from my life. And so I went ahead and got surgery. And then right the day I got surgery, um, my mom had came out to take care of me and help me nurse me back to health. My phone rang and it was Amy. in LA and she called and she, the, the LA called and they said, Hey, can Ben be out here in a week? And so really? a week after my surgery, I came out to LA um, and did the whole thing you're talking about. You know, you walk into a room, there's like 25 people there. There's a bunch of random girls that are like, I don't know, sizing you up to see if you're interesting to date or not. There's a room full of a bunch of producers and I'm on crutches. And I really think the crutches were the thing that like sold me or why I stood out to them was I was on crutches, but I had long hair back then. My hair was down to here. Really? Yeah. And when I left there, they pointed to his shoulders. Yeah. (laughs) Um, They asked me to cut it. Like when I left there, like, hey, this isn't the best look for you. Like, can I see a picture of you with? Yeah, I'll find that picture. Um, It's it's a great picture. Um, I have them on my phone. In fact, my buddies still make fun of me for it to this day. Uh, So, anyways, went on the show, um, and as I left, I had a similar feeling to you because as I left for the show, I had three friends over the night before I got uh, dressed and went on the show, and they were picking out some clothes for me. And my one buddy goes. you know, there's a lot of like studs on that show. And I was like, yeah. And he's like, I, he's like, I bet you're like, you could be there like a couple weeks. And like, he meant that as a compliment to me. Yeah, like, yeah. there's a lot of studs on this show, and you might make it a couple weeks. Yeah. And so I went on the show fully predicting to be home fairly quickly because all of my friends seemed to think that I was going to be coming home very mm-hmm. quickly. In fact, my family had like, and like my f- family and friends had a consensus where it's like, don't quit your job, Ben, just take two weeks off. Yeah. Like yeah, take yeah. your vacation time. Now you'll be back and then nobody will have to know. Right. Um, it'd be like a fun little thing. It'll be did. like a fun little like story you tell. Yeah. That was kind of my f- feeling. And what people don't always remember about my season was, there was two bachelorettes. Yeah. Um, so there's Britt and there was Caitlin and we had to vote. Well, that took two nights, but my intro to them, I was so nervous and I was so overwhelmed and confused that I couldn't get any words out. Mm-hmm. So I blanked, blacked out, but like worse than like blank and blackout, like I couldn't talk. Like I couldn't figure out how to talk. So I was so nervous. And so I said, thanks for having me. And I walked inside, like I couldn't even get anything going. And so, and then once all of our entrances were done, um, we all went back to the hotel because it was a two-day film. It was two-night filming. And so that was my only interaction. I was like, I laid that all night that night. I remember being like, you're an idiot. You're going home. Like, your friends are going to make fun of you. Like, you have totally just, like, embarrassed yourself in front of, like, everybody. And you're gone. Mm-hmm. Well, it didn't work out that way. I ended up sticking around for a bit. Did you vote for Caitlin? I did. I wasn't fully con- – I mean, I knew, like, two from talking to two minutes of them, right? Yeah. Like, you don't well, know And them. you blacked out, so you didn't even remember yeah. probably talking about um, but I remember that night I was so like up in the air. I'm like, I don't know who to vote for. Yeah. And Bruce is like, who are you voting for? I was like, I don't know. Like I barely remember both their names right now. Um, and when I went on to the show, I found out the night before we started filming who the bachelorettes were going to be. So I had no premeditative like thought on any of this. And, um, and one of the, the producers was like, you're just get along with Caitlin really well, I think. And so I was like, well, I'll vote for Caitlin then. She seems oh, cool. Yeah. They poisoned the well. <laughs> they were leading you that one. Yeah. But same thing happened to, to us. Everyone thought that Kayla Quinn yeah. was going to be the bachelorette. Mm-hmm. And they announced it that it was JoJo two nights before we got out of limos. And they came in with 
iPhones, I remember, and filmed our reaction to watching like Jimmy Kimmel or yeah, whatever yeah. it was. I, uh, you mentioned something about this too. I remember before I left for the show, I didn't tell any of my friends either. I like told my brothers and I told like two of my best friends, maybe, like maybe. And then uh, we had this huge barbecue like the night before I left for the show and it was like for like someone's birthday party. But my two buddies that I told, they were like, oh, like this is your going away barbecue. And there was like 40 people there, like my 40 closest friends, whatever it was. And no one knew. And then sure enough, the next day uh, we go to the hotel and then we do like for the first time they'd ever done it. They did like the live television thing. Oh, yeah. So it's like I was gone all of a sudden. And like two days later, I was on live TV um, telling this woman that I want to go black and never go back. <laughs> and, and all my friends were like, they were like, why did he never tell us he was going yeah, on The Bachelorette? Yeah. Also, why did you agree to say that on television? It's because Alon, dude. Alon's so smart and he can yeah. just, he finds ways in. I didn't know what I was going to say. Uh, and he like, I think I told you this story before. I was like in the dressing room by myself with Megan Firestone. And we were like going over what I was going to say. Like, how hard is it just to be like, hey, I'm Dean. I'm so excited to be here. Can't wait to get to know you better. All right. See you later. So simple. But like in the moment, I was like, I can't even make words right now. You know what I mean? And so right before I go out there, Alon, who's like one of the exec- former executive producers, he comes in. He goes, Dean, I know you're, you know, you're really struggling on what you should tell this woman uh, today. Uh, but I think I, I think I, I think I got something good for you. And I go, I go, Alon, that's great. I'm struggling. Like, what is it? And he goes... Actually, never mind. You're going to be too scared to say it. <laughs> and, then he, and then he leaves. And then uh, I'm like, wow, that must have been great. But like, what? Like, I'm so curious what it is. And so I like keep like taking shots of tequila to get like ready for it. Nervous live studio audience. First time ever doing anything like that, really. And uh, as, as we're like lining up behind the curtain to like walk out and introduce ourselves, Alon walks by me again. And I like I like tap him on the shoulder. I'm like, Alon, tell me what you think I should say. And he goes, All right, I want you to oh. say. I want to go black and never go back. And I was like, that is the dumbest thing Mm -hmm. like the dumbest thing I could possibly say. And then I thought about it for a couple more seconds and I was like, I'm going to fucking do it. (laughs) (laughs) And the worst part about it too is, well, I, that is, that's bad. It's bad to say that. Don't get me wrong. But what I disliked the most about my delivery was I literally just said that and then left. I didn't, I wasn't like, Oh, by the way, my name's Dean. You look beautiful. You didn't even tell her your name. I didn't even, I don't even think I told her my name. I walked out there and I stood right in front of her for two seconds and I looked her up and down and I said, I'm ready to go black and never go back. And then I exited stage right. (laughs) (laughs) And they they were also were like, they were like, whatever you do, exit stage left. So I also up the exit (laughs) and then i saw her like three days later and i was like i can't believe what i did two days ago i'm so sorry and thankfully obviously she had a great sense of humor about it what did she say to you back she she's i don't even remember i'll be honest yeah she she was like all right let's get it get let's get going then or something like that i don't know but oh Oh, deaners well it is uh an interesting ride thank you both for sitting down and sharing this time with us it is fun to hear this because i haven't heard either of yours um it's been a great episode of the Almost Famous Podcast right here at the AT&T Celebrity. AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. I yeah, AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. And Steve, if you're still listening to this, you got three. Yeah. Well, you got two really Steve, good Steve, I shot a 76 today. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. want to let you know. Yeah. Wells. Uh, I shot 77, Steve. <laughs> yeah. I lost. Yeah. So. Um, but hey, thanks guys for joining us. With that, I've been Ben. I've been Ashley. Ashley. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> And that's the Almost Famous Podcast. (laughs) Bing bong, boom bong. (laughs) Follow the Ben and Ashley I Almost Famous Podcast on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts.
Ashley, is it true that some contestants have cashed in their 401k to afford a new wardrobe for The Bachelor? I mean, you do need a lot of ball gowns when you think about it, Ben. Where did you hear this? On Smart Money Happy Hour. It's a podcast where two money experts, Rachel Cruz and George Camel, talk totally unfiltered about life, pop culture, and how to afford it all. With 90s nostalgia and reality TV fandom mixed in, of course. Ooh, you do not have to say more to get me into this. To check it out, you can search Smart Money Happy Hour and listen wherever you get your podcasts. Childproofing people's homes is hard, but Duracell is making it just a bit simpler. Not only are they committed to educating parents, caregivers, and medical professionals about the importance of battery safety, they also make the only lithium coin batteries with a non-toxic bitter coating to help discourage children from swallowing them. Duracell even features child-secure packaging designed to avoid accidental opening. Learn more at Duracell.com slash power safely, available on 2032, 2025, and 2016 sizes. Hey, girlfriends. It's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on WASP, the worldwide association of specialty programs and schools. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. He was trying to brand us. We were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. Join my hosts as they unravel the story of the largest and most shocking organization in the history of the troubled teen industry. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.